I'm Ansel Birch. And I'm Mimi Wallace. And it's time to party! This episode was recorded on July 23rd, 2023. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Please drink responsibly. For crying out loud. Welcome everybody to Time to Party. This is our second episode on Needle in a Time Stack, an amazing film that came out in 2021. I am here with Mimi Wallace. Mimi, tell everybody a little bit. Well, you've already introduced yourself last week, but just in case anybody's coming in cold, uh, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm Mimi Wallace. I am a actress, writer, director, producer. Last week we talked about me also being a boom operator. <laughs> and a little a bit of everything. Center. I do a little bit of everything, but the main ones. Acting, writing, producing, directing. Amazing. Uh, and, and, and amazing. There you are. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll take All it. those things and amazing as the verb. Let's just go ahead and dive into it. There's so much to talk about with this movie. It is. Uh, and it sounds like we've already got uh, we've already gotten a lot of it in the uh, in the first episode. So let's let's just keep that conversation rolling and I'll let you kick it off. Is there anything that like any burning like takes or, or things you wanted to talk about that we, we should not miss? Uh, um, something that we should not miss. Um, I think we kind of touched on it last week. I think people, I really want people while watching this movie to pay attention to just the cinematography. If you're a film person, um, and you know, that's really your thing. I would say pay attention to the cinematography, the shots, the, um, the angles, cause it's all, it's so beautifully shot. It really is. Um, and I talked, <laughs> I made fun of it last time, but the slow pans, sometimes <laughs> they are wonderful. <laughs> it was, it was very indulgent. They really it wanted was. you to, yeah. I mean, they got, it, it was, it's so detailed how they shot everything. I mean, from just the simple frame of like the wine glass and the panning up, like slow pan up to a person or somebody in a room, you know, when they were having parties, it was very intricate. So I really would say, you know, pay attention to the cinematography. I think I thought it was wonderful. And uh, if I can ask your professional opinion, why, why do you think they would make that choice? You know, in a movie that has, so much going on, so much complexity, so many layers of, of meaning and gesture. What do you think it is about that sort of decadence of photography and imagery? What would cause you to put it in there and what do you think we get out of it? You know, immediately I thought of how it um, intertwines with time travel. You know, when you think about time travel, of course, you think about, you know, moving forward and, you know, these big leaps of time, but I, the way that I think about it is the detail. Like I'm traveling time. What is it that I remember? And then when you think about things that you remember, you um, oftentimes people are very visual. And so, you know, that goes to how I think about it. I think like the cinematography was important, especially the POV shots and the close-ups because they wanted you to remember what things looked like before they did the time jumps. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's just what I got from, from it, how I thought about it. So even if it was like the super close up, the, the POV of somebody's, you know, face or somebody's uh, wardrobe or, you know, inside of the apartments, it was to remember what it looked like before 
because the movie is based on like uh, four different lives or two couples different lives and so it's it's like remember what it looked like when these two were together and remember what it looked like when they did a time jump and mm-hmm. threw it with someone else so that's that's what I took from it I, I think that makes perfect sense uh, I also loved the storytelling of uh, of the, the, the character's sort of relationship with physical media. Nick is an architect, so we, we see a lot of Nick dealing with physical paper material-style stuff that he's using to draw his, his CAD drawings. Nick interacting with, with physical things and drawing out these, like, really straight lines – Whereas Janine is always doing curves and always like all of her shots are, are of these like beautiful natural forms. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of it is to sort of like give us that depth of their two perspectives. Uh, whereas when he is with Alex, uh, Alex Ooh. is also whatever Alex does. We don't know. Uh, at least I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, Oh. Everything is very architectural for both of them. Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of rigidity and and like stability in the Alex and uh, and Nick sections. Yes. And then it gets softer again when he re-meets Janine at the end. Uh-huh. So I I thought of it as almost as though the DP was like, okay, we want to really make sure you get this. Uh-huh. What we're doing here is this straight lines versus curves. Um, that's a really good take. I didn't I didn't think about it like that, but that makes sense to me. Because it was, you know, with Nick and um Alex, it was very architectural. Even in their relationship, it was very kind of monotone at times. Mm-hmm. Like they just they had a routine, so they knew exactly how things went. Um and when I think of yeah, and like in terms like that, it goes hand in hand with architecture because it's like straight lines, curvy lines, you yeah. know, this. So that that's a very good take to me. And Alex is so uh, businesslike too. I think about when, <laughs> when he first shows up at the house after, after the, the, the big wave hits him and Alex walks into the room and he's got to have this moment where he's like, Oh, okay. That's, that's my wife now. I've always known yeah. that, but I'm just learning it also. Uh, she sees that he's, like, warm and clammy and something's wrong. Yeah. And immediately does not ask questions. There's no follow-up. She's like, oh, you don't feel well. I'm going to cancel tonight's plans. Uh-huh. Just so quick and so precise. And I, I think that that moment told us a lot about her character, but also their relationship. Yes. One hundred percent. I I love that. You know, in a story, when it's something as subtle as that, but it's the actor's performance, but it's also very mm-hmm. relative to the writing. When it's written well and it's acted well, and you can tell like the the character of the actor or that that character. I didn't want to yeah. use that twice in the same sentence, but <laughs> um, but that's very interesting to me. That's just Good writing, good acting. Yeah, John Ridley knocked it out of the park on this one. Like full credit to to him as as a writer and the director. Yes. Um, just really babied this story and and made the most out of those moments. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout out Incredible. to John Ridley. I really enjoy him as a director. 
I do. And I enjoy him as a writer, too. What else would we know John Ridley from? I'm I'm looking at his IMDb right now, but I I'll be honest, I didn't until just now. Oh, John Ridley has done many a things. I'm like you have a IMDb. Oh, he did the remake of Ben Hur. Man, what's the other movie? Um, Twelve Years a Slave. He was an EP for that. American Crime. American Crime. American My Crime. God. Yes. I, I did not get to watch that series. Talk. Is it good? That's I suppose really it must good. be. Yes, I, I believe they had three seasons. Um, the first season was with Regina King, which she won an Emmy for. Um, and then she was also in the second season. I think she got nominated for an Emmy. Um, and the third season was really good. But it, each season focused on a different storyline. And it's all, it was almost like an anthropology series. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it was different stories. But that was a really good series. Um, it's really interesting as, oh, sorry, go ahead. I think that's the most, like, I knew of John Ridley, but I don't know if I had, like, really paid attention to who he was as a director until I started watching American Crime. And because, you know, that series was very fascinating to me, I just kind of started looking him up. I was like, oh, John Ridley. And I, I see him everywhere now, like all the good stuff. Uh, which is so, uh, I mean, so rewarding uh, to to see a director that you love getting to do work. But it's really interesting that he, it, you know, looking at his IMDb, so much of what he's directed has been TV series, mm-hmm. um, which to sort of peel back a layer of, of an onion here, um, the original Needle in a Time Stack is, was first a, a a series of short stories by uh, Robert Silverberg. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then he reused the title for the short story that inspired this movie. And I think it's really interesting to have somebody who is used to doing this shorter form uh, direction, also doing a film that has these vignettes in it, these like sub sections. Yeah. Maybe that's also why I was very interested in it. Yeah, the different stories, like every character almost felt like they had their own story. Like it Mm -hmm. was a little vignette of every character because, you know, for me, they had more than 30 seconds of screen time. And so you really got to see the character more than normal. You know, you you watch uh, any other movie and you have like the supporting actor, supporting character, uh, and it's not much. They usually get about... I don't know, two minutes of screen time, and then you're still stuck on trying to figure out who they are as characters. I think in this movie, they did a really good job with giving each character, like, more time to let us into who they are. Even though we didn't really fully get to see who they were, we got a good idea of it. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, this is a great moment to talk about Jaden Wong. Uh, God, what a performance from from this uh, and I'll be honest with you like I hadn't watched um I haven't watched anything else that she's been in mm-hmm. uh I I took a look at I, I took a look at her IMDb and she's done you know a bunch of TV series again most recently a, a series called Scorpion that ran for 4 years in the late 2010s I now I want to go back and rewatch everything she's ever done cuz the <laughs> yeah the the beautiful subtlety and the invitation of her performance 
It was clear that she had made a lot of decisions about who this character was outside of when we saw her on screen. Mm-hmm. And it encouraged it, cur- it encouraged me to make those connections as well. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, every every character, every side character really got space to move, and, at and least the featured ones. Yeah, the featured ones. Uh, and yeah, I think it was mostly like the featured ones, but then, you know, you have your feature characters and even like the supporting featured characters. But mm-hmm. it was it was really uh thoughtful and just kind of it added to the story that all of these characters were able to show us some part of their selves, you know. Mm-hmm. Other than how they normally have it in the movies. I also think it was really interesting that every character had like one major major idiosyncrasy that was never explored. And Ooh. the big one, just talking about her, talking about Jaden Wong's character, Zoe. Zoe is dating a woman who only speaks Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we talk about it, but we never explain how they met, what the deal is, why are you dating someone you can't talk to, how have you been in a relationship this long and you don't, like, do you not even use the Google Translate thing on your magic <laughs> phones? Like, how is this How is this happening? I'm so glad you brought this up because I'm watching the movie and I'm like, how does this make sense? What do you say? How how did you plan to go cliff diving? I I want to know how you planned that outing. And you said yes, and you said yes, let's go. Like I thought about that, especially the first time I watched the movie, and I was like, "What is the communication like? Are you making gestures? Are you drawing things? Are you drawing smiley faces? Like you don't speak the language, <laughs> and she's not speaking English, but at least she was learning." Yeah, like at the she, end, she's yeah. finally learning, yeah. But I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was just like, what? How does this make sense? But, okay. I guess it's, I also, it's about love is love. Love is love, yeah. Hey, you know, two pretty people run into each other. Something <laughs> happen, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I also think about, like, the attachment that all the characters have to physical things. Uh. In, a, in a world that is clearly so digital. You know, like she's uh, um, uh, Janine is editing her photos without even touching her screen, like uh-huh. in, in what looks like a very unergonomically sound manner. I will say I don't want to have to hold my stylus up at, at eye level to. But that's beside <laughs> the point. She's doing all of this digitally. But when he when it comes time for him to add all of his photos and memories to the time bank. Yes. He has to scan a bunch of like. Walgreens printouts. That just lets us know that even in future technology, we're still going to have to scan things. (laughs) (laughs) We humans, we just love touching stuff. Still have to scan my document so that I can email it. Like, what is happening? I can't just, like, take a picture in my mind and and be like, here, take this. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, uh, I love that this is a future where, again, so much of this digital potential is is uh, 
sort of seen to where we where we want it to be what what would be comfortable for us with a cell phone you know like the cell phone <laughs> is definitely way better it's definitely yeah. doing a lot more than our cell phones do but it's not so far that like it doesn't make sense or would be uncomfortable it's not like an implant or a thing in his head right. or you know right. you know he he doesn't he doesn't wear an earpiece to to talk to people i know that's what i expected when i first started watching the movie especially like I think I read the synopsis before I watched the movie. And so I immediately thought, oh, it's going to be like some earpiece and some mm-hmm. AI thing that's happening. But then I was like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised. It was it's still a phone. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll watch it. <laughs> his one stable relationship, Hakima, <laughs> his virtual assistant. <laughs> yes. The one stable relationship. <laughs> he never forgets her. Ever. That's interesting. Remembers the assistant. Oh, my God. Actually, it just occurred to me, when when he hits those big time waves, that is the first name he thinks of. The assistant. Both times. When he's in the meeting and he gets hit by that big time wave, the first person he asks for is Hakima, his assistant. And then when he's when he gets hit by the big wave and he's, he's in that Tesla, thanks for the product placement. Mr. <laughs> uh, the first thing he does is pull out his phone and ask Hakima. You know, maybe this is for the women. I feel like this is a womanly thing to say. I'm like, you know, men would call for their assistance first. <laughs> <laughs> You, I mean, sure, but my phone, uh, this is this is important. You remember your assistant before me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I yeah. don't know if I paid attention to that or noticed that. It didn't occur to me until just now. Mm. All right. Mm. I mean, and they did cast Hakima, uh, Joanna Newsmarch or Newmarch, another TV actor. She kind of looks like Leslie Mann if she was, you know, a redhead. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I can see that. I can see that. It's a got a different bit. jawline, but yeah, yeah, very similar from the from the like lips up. Yeah, I'm like she reminds me of her. Actually, I've seen a few of these movies. I like. Um, I also watch a lot of Hallmark. Ah, okay. Hallmark yeah, she clearly got in on the the Hallmark uh, gravy train there because. Yes, Hallmark at Christmas time is the best. Also, she has been working since 1988. Oh, my God. You know, it's very interesting. I I think there's a lot of actors out here that are not mainstream, so we don't know about who they are, but they've been in the business for like 30 plus years. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's still very interesting. Let's see. Um, yeah, I've seen a few of these movies. She has been on a uh, Hallmark TV series since 2014. Wait, which series is that? When Calls the Heart. 
It's her top credit right now. 2014 to 2022. 67 episodes. That's how you pay your rent. I'm telling you. Yes. Eight years of a Hallmark show? Heck yeah. I was going to, I wanted to ask uh, about the impact of the opening monologue on you. She talks about how love is drawn in the form of a circle. We don't know where it begins. It never really ends. Uh, first off, top-notch line. Well done, John. I'm Ridley. like, that's good writing right there. Right? Hmm. Get that tattooed on you. Exactly. Need to point that on a pillow. <laughs> but it got me thinking about wedding rings hmm. because we, we focus on wedding rings a bunch in over the course of the movie like his hands are in the shot a lot her hands yeah. are in the shot a lot both alex and uh janine and janine wears such awesome rings by the way so mm -hmm. the whoever did the props on on her or i guess i don't know if that's props or, or um Costuming. costume but whoever whoever was in charge of that nailed it <laughs> um but there's also i i forget if it's in that if it's in that line or if uh, if it's later in the first part of the movie, there's a line that's uh, something like hands tell the story. And it it. Ever since the prestige uh, sort of like. Annoyed me by giving away the end of the movie in the first line, <laughs> I've always been like, OK, if you're going to put something like that at the top of the movie, you're trying to tell me something as a viewer. Mm -hmm. So I was like expecting the hands to be like super significant. I thought, okay, oh, watch right. the hands, I, look for those. And they did a bunch of close-ups, um, and uh, yeah, I just I was curious if if you noticed anything or if there are any things like that in the movie that jumped out at you, where it was it felt like the the filmmaker was trying to specifically get you to look at something. I don't know that I n noticed that. Um, I mean, I did notice the hands, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm with you on that. So the entire movie, I did spend that trying to figure out like what does this mean? <laughs> like I keep saying, and it was super close up of the hands. Um, I will say it was super unsubtle. I I went and scrubbed <laughs> through the movie. Uh, I think what they're trying to tell us is if you watch his hands, his wedding ring changes. Oh, right. Because, I mean, well, of course it, it would change. Yeah. he's He's got a simple gold band when he's married to Janine. He's got this, like, silver band with gold sides uh, when he's married to Alex. And then, of course, he's he doesn't have a wedding ring anymore uh, after he goes time traveling. Uh, but that was the only thing I noticed. Aside from just, like, people fiddling with their wedding rings when they're like not sure about stuff. Yeah. But that's just I don't I don't think that's special to this movie per se, but it you know, it, it is a thing that they did. Um I think you know the thing that I did notice that I can think about is, you know, in the beginning when um uh Janine and Nick are in bed, she like takes out her phone and gets video of him while he's sleeping. Yeah. I think what I did notice is like whenever they had a moment together, she always like recorded him just like for me. I don't know if it was for memory purposes, but she would like take those 
still moments that, you know, it was just, or quiet moments and just record him so that she could have that. But then, you know, in her other marriage and the other time, it really, it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you paid attention or noticed that. Like they had something different, but it wasn't like, let me take this moment and record this memory or this just moment. I don't know. Yeah. I think there was a lot of symbolism in this movie, but it was all kind of different things. That's, I, I think that's a really good point. And uh, I do wonder if, I wonder if they were trying to tell us something with that, because you're right. She, she is immortalizing moments so much and like savoring their marriage yes. so much. It's like she almost knows that something's going to happen. I mean, That's... yeah. I and and I it makes me wonder if she's the one who did the time travel that broke them up. Oh, wait, the first one? It was or, her um or if she time traveled to get them together in the like because she has that line in the in the opening uh, monologue that then gets repeated. She says, I hope you can forgive me for what I've done or something like that. Oh, right. And I was never clear on, like, what what did you do? I think so, because you remember when um, when Nick went to see her ex-husband and then when he did, like, a time jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to meet with, I don't remember what Orlando Bloom's character's name was in there. Uh, Tommy? Was it Tommy? I don't remember. But what we, well, what I noticed is that Janine had already met with him first. Tommy. I don't know if you remember That's right. That. That's right. It did kind of seem like she was apologizing for meeting Tommy. That's, you're right about that. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe she did cause that because I'm like, why would she need to go meet with him first if, you know. She's happily married. Nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, and did she maybe time travel to split her and Tommy up to start with? Oh. And so now she's like, this is the thing I wanted. I'm going to immortalize this and really savor it. But then Tommy's going in time traveling to get her back. Right. Oh, that's good. Like, Ansel, that's good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I also wonder about how she responded to him getting the time vault. Because mm. she really was not down no. with, with that whole idea. Oh, these are good questions. These are good, especially now because I'm kind of stuck on and I don't know, it wasn't in the script whether or not she time traveled first to break up her and Tommy. Right. And then that's a good question. I, I wonder, I wonder. Because it's like, for at the beginning of the movie, I thought she was the main character. I thought right. that Cynthia, yeah, Cynthia Revo as Janine was our viewpoint character. Yeah. And maybe she is? Like, maybe... Maybe what we're what we're missing by following Leslie Odom Jr. is the outer shell, the circle that that she is telling us about. That you know she knows that it'll come back, 
she knows that it'll come back on itself and you know that that you know we we draw love is drawn in the form of a circle and it never really ends is what she says i mean i don't know Ansel, you're good you're good at Uh, this I think about time travel movies once a month at least. So this is good. You know that makes sense because even through all the time jumps and the travel, they still ended up finding each other again, even after they lost um, by pure accident too. Yes, but then at that, I guess that symbolizes the ring and the hands because it's a circle, like mm-hmm. how how they started. Oh crap! Uh, she even had one of those ring flashes on her camera when she first shows up. That's so up. true. That is so true. Oh, my God. Look at us figuring out so we, late. <laughs> <laughs> we only watched it four times between us. <laughs> Look at us figuring this out. Oh, afterwards. man. That's so true. Maybe that's the symbolism of all the rings. Okay, John Ridley. All right. All right. We got it. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm looking through my notes here as well. Um, I, I wanted to talk really quickly about the scene, that same scene actually, where, um, uh, we first sort of get confronted with his disorientation around the time travel mm-hmm. when, when, uh, when he comes home and he and Janine have that wonderful tender evening, Yes. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, Charlie jumps up on the table and is eating the cake. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, just from zero to 60, <laughs> he is all the way off the, off the, uh, reservation and, uh, and mad. And I don't think I like cats. Mm-hmm. And oh, right. Yes. I was like, Okay, weird person. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, like, bro, chill. What the heck? Oh, that's uh, so true. It it literally, it did. It like hit. It came out of nowhere. And I don't know about you, but I like I I made a note of this my first time through, and I was like, man, that that he really went at this hard. And it wasn't until I again scrubbed through the movie the second time looking for for hand shots that um, I noticed. That in the opening scene, Charlie's a dog. Yes. Yes. I totally, that missed me the first time through. Well, maybe that uh, was my other one. I didn't write it down. You, I had to, I paused the movie so much because I was like, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. <laughs> because when they were in the house and then Charlie was introduced as a cat, I was like, no. No, because Charlie was a dog. <laughs> and I was like, why didn't call it Charlie? Okay. I when I tell you I press pause so many times and I'm like in the house <laughs> talking to myself at that point, like this no, this I, I'm not crazy. I know that. <laughs> but yes. Charlie is a cat dog. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Charlie is cat dog. <laughs> I appreciate that throughout all the timelines, no matter what else changes. The best name for your pet is clearly Charlie. Charlie. Charlie bit me. Yes. (laughs) 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 Maybe that's the reference. (laughs) Uh, And and I wrote it down when, because I like Charlie the dog did not make a huge impression on me, but as soon as Charlie the cat showed up as a cat cat. guy, 
I wrote a note. Charlie had better be fine through this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie was actually the main character. So. Hey, plausible, plausible. There you go. Um, And I was definitely like, I knew that something, I guess it, it tells me something that like the, the way that they centered Charlie in that shot and the way that he interacted with Charlie told me that Charlie was important. So good work again, John Ridley on that. Like I, I immediately spotted something, something's going to happen to that cat and it better not be bad. No, Um, I just had a, okay. I have a theory about Charlie and I'm like, maybe this goes to the symbolism of the movie again. I'm like, what if, so Charlie, you have two separate lives, but you're still the same person. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. Um, Because it's like they had two separate lives. And so did Charlie. But it's like, at the core, I'm the same person. How different are you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful layer. Yeah. Oh, and that just popped into my head. I was like, is that more symbolism that we missed? I don't well, and I, I guess you got to ask yourself, like, how much how much have the other characters changed? Like, Charlie changes species, and that's pretty big. That's, yes. you know, that's pretty clear. But, like, if we think about, we don't really see Alex before. Oh, that's true. That's very true. We do see Alex in in the timeline where he's married to her, and we see her again at the party afterward. Right. When when she's married to Tommy. I don't think we know enough about her to tell if she's changed, although she did seem more easygoing when she was married to Tommy. I noticed that because, you know, when she was with Nick, it was very kind of robotic at times. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was the change, like. A subtle way of showing it, but I definitely get what you're saying. It wasn't something big that we saw. Yeah, how much does how much does it change us if we live in this alternate timeline? How much does it, you know, affect our our choices? Uh, and I wish I, I wish we could say that there's like a clear manifestation of that in Nick. You know, Nick still does a lot of the same things. He has a lot of the yes. same mannerisms. He switches from a, a squid. This is a dumb thing I noticed because because of that that wedding ring hand thing, <laughs> I noticed that he switched watches. Um, he wore the same watch, this like sort of rectangular watch, uh, when he was married to both Janine and Alex, and then <laughs> when he's single, he gets a round watch, a circular watch. Uh, Ooh. See, these uh, things are, are going to make me go back and watch the movie again. Again, now, again. Yeah, right? I feel like I've, I've missed so many things. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're the little details that you're not supposed to mi- see unless you're, like, scrubbing through a movie to find hand close-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but like, hey, well, see, that was not so subtle, though. They were just, like, hand close-ups. Hands. They kept yeah. zooming in like this. Well, and again, like, they did such a masterful job at the top of the movie of going, okay, here's an opening monologue where somebody tells you the the important thing about the movie, mm-hmm. right? She's like, okay, y'all, circles. Get on, do- on board with circles. That's what we're doing here is circles. Uh, and then the next thing that happens is this shot of, of hands. And hands tell the story, and he's got the wedding ring on, like, it is particularly unsubtle at the beginning. Mm, you know, and maybe I, 
maybe for the express purpose of like letting it be subtle for the rest of the time, so you can be like, okay. Mm. Yeah. At this point, I think we need to have a conversation with John Ridley. Like, yeah, what, right. What, what were you trying to say, sir? What is this? Hey, mean? John. Come on the pod. John, we have a couple of questions. <laughs> like, what were you trying to say? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I have one last thing to say about props, and then I will get off of my prop uh, fixation. <laughs> and this is a quick. I I just really appreciated that when when we when we join Nick in his bachelor apartment uh the uh frozen dinner that he warms up is uh the brand is solo time dinner (laughs) so so beautiful well done props solo time the most depressing dinner you can get i mean it already looked depressing in his place like jesus (laughs) like the lighting is very dark it's extremely quiet and now you have a solo time tv dinner are you sad we got the meal for you solo time (laughs) (laughs) um that's a good infomercial yeah, there we go. Put put in an, an ad for solo time. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't hit yet? Uh, anything else about this movie that that struck you or that made you curious? Uh, you know, I yeah. In the beginning, like when you first watched the movie, I would say the first to me the first. 25 30 minutes it was it was slow moving it it kind of took a a while for me to get into it and i don't know if that happened with you but i I thought about whether or not that was on purpose um like was john ridley doing that so that we can understand the element of time Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know maybe i'm overthinking it i don't know uh, I don't think this is the point in the conversation where we wonder if we're overthinking it. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I think that's very likely. Like, if I, I think about if I think back to what Nick should have learned, mm-hmm. it's that he has no control over the the changes in time, the ways that time will shift around him. And, you know, while he does ultimately manage to make changes to his own timeline that do result in him getting Janine back, Uh he was miserable every time. (laughs) Yeah. And he was miserable because he wasn't taking the same time to appreciate life that the movie did. Like the cinematographer took yeah. the time to really like languish in those moments and and stretch them out and appreciate them, and with rare exceptions, there are a few moments where he appreciates Janine appreciating the moment. Yeah, but he doesn't. That's true. And I mean, his sister when Zoe when that's the big thing Zoe gets on him about is like you. Yeah. You're you're not living life. You're not ex- you're not experiencing things. You're not um 
you won't go cliff diving or free soloing or whatever it was at that time. Yeah, she was determined to get him to go too. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was the thing that stuck out to me. Like as soon as the movie started, and it's the same thing. I watched it the second time, and I'm like, it's kind of slow moving in the beginning, but it's also very focused on just like their everyday lives and how they operate. Mm-hmm. Like the simplicities of that, like him going to work and, you know, coworkers like, hey, and, and him, like you said, enjoying it. He was joyful in those times. Um, but I, I just noticed that. But then, and I'm like, well, maybe that's not it. It could just simply be, you know, it wasn't the climax of the story yet. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it did. You're you're absolutely right. It it did move very slowly in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I I agree that you're probably right that it is to make a point about time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and now that now that we're talking about it, I also think about how going back to Zoe, maybe Zoe's the true wisdom of this movie. Mm. When she travels through time to get her girlfriend back, mm-hmm. her girlfriend who died free soloing. Yes. And she's immediately going to go back out and do the same thing with her. Yes. And I think that that's such a beautiful take on the whole like go back in time to fix something trope. Because uh-huh. she didn't she didn't go back in time to fix her and make sure that she never goes free soloing and doesn't do dangerous stuff. Those are the things she loved about her, and so right. she. Why would she change it? Yeah, no, she went back to save her. Literally, but then also there's an element where it's like, hey, if you do this, you know, with her time travel, it was like, if you do this, then you have to give up everything. Like, you're not going to have any of the things that you have now once you go and save her. But it was like, okay, well, we're we're still going out to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're going to be the same exact person. I'm going to be the same exact person. I just want to warn her, like, to not go this day. Yeah. Fascinating. It is very fascinating. It's a fascinating movie. So good. Well, I guess that that takes us to our final question. Uh, Mimi, was A Needle in a Time Stack worth your time? You know, in my honest opinion, I would say yes. However... I would I would recommend that you watch the movie if you have absolutely nothing to do. <laughs> absolutely nothing. Yeah, to do. You, this is not a movie you can watch while you're doing the the laundry. No, and I don't think you can watch it. Well, for me, like in just one setting, I feel like you're gonna pause it and like go and get distracted and do something else. So, if you have nothing else to do. It might take you a couple of hours to get through it, but I think it was worth the watch, yes. Mm-hmm. It clocks in at two and a half hours, so it's a, you know, not not egregiously long, but it is a, you know, it's a good standard length movie. And I watched it all the way through in one sitting, and I think that I was worse for that. Well, okay, I wouldn't say I was worse for <laughs> no. it. No. Uh, it definitely wasn't until I 
again, went back through looking specifically for the things that I missed that I really got a lot of what we talked about today, you know, the, the depth of this experience. Um, so if you're, if you're at home and you watch the movie once through, you know, give it another go. You, you've probably still got the same prime, uh, subscription. So, you know, <laughs> you'll uh, always have prime. <laughs> like always have it just like uh just like your cell phone assistant yep. prime will always be there <laughs> and there you go thank you all so much for joining us here for this episode on needle in a time stack uh you can engage with us online anywhere that uh hashtags are used using the hashtag time to party that's time the number two party as well as time the number two party all spelled out thanks warwick uh, Mimi, where can people find you online? You can find me on the socials on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Mimi the Actress. That's M E M E A C T R E S S. At Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram and Threads. Special thanks to April Moralba for our podcast art and to Marlon Longit of Marlon and the Shakes for our amazing theme song. This has been an Indecisionist production. Show notes and transcripts are available at indecisionist.com slash time to party. Uh, and you can find me online uh, at, uh, at Indecisionist on Twitter and at The Indecisionist on Instagram. Thank you all. Thank you, Mimi. Uh, this has been a really amazing discussion. I hope we get to have another one about another movie in the future. But until next week, when we rejoin you all with, with our edutainment episode, <laughs> wherever you find yourself in the time stream, be excellent to each other. And party on, dude.